0: a series in James and the name of the series is called Faith That Works and the idea um uh, the, the the kind of the theme verse that we've been going over through this entire time is found in James chapter 1 and it says consider it pure joy my brothers when you face various trials I actually have it in a different thing consider it pure oh Actually, yeah. Uh, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And so, what James is saying, and what we've been uh, going over the last few weeks, and we'll continue to go over, is how many different tests are there of your faith? Like, what's going on in your life? What are some ways our faith is tested? And we've been talking about this idea that if you fail a test of your faith, All you've done is gained information about yourself. It's not to then go, oh, I'm a failure. This is terrible. It's, hey, this might be an area of your life that you might want to shore up. Okay, this might be an area that God has revealed to you that maybe things aren't in in the right perspective. That things aren't uh, going the way they should go. And that's what the testing of our faith does. It produces perseverance, or the New American Standard says uh, endurance. It produces, okay, I failed at this time, but if I, okay, I'm going to keep working on, keep working on. And all of a sudden, you've probably seen this in your life, something that you're working on. Maybe you've been working out or you've been changing your diet or whatever. And all of a sudden, you begin to notice, hey, this is making a difference in my life. This is exactly what James is talking about. Something comes up and you go, oh man, I blew that. That was a testing of your faith. And so we work on those things. We look at those things. This morning, we have another test and I have have my favorite guy up here uh, and and he says, you need some tests, yo. Yeah. Um, The reason that's up there is I'll never get tired of that picture ever. It's always funny to me. Okay, this test this morning is on stereotypes and we have a picture that uh, is a stereotype you may you may have. I don't know, but the um, the police car is pulling over the Dunkin' Donuts truck, uh, and uh, you know uh, our stereotype says that you know maybe he's getting donuts. I don't know, but wh- why do we have that stereotype? I, never in my life have I ever seen a policeman eat a donut ever, uh, ever. But we have that stereotype. Now, now, honestly, where does it come from? Like it's a joke. Everyone knows the joke. Everyone. I mean, we all know a joke. I, believe me, when I typed in uh, "policeman donuts, there's a lot worse pictures than that coming out. There's one where it's like stacked up into your thing and the guy's got two donuts. I mean, where where do we get that? I know tons of cops. None of them, eat, don't, they don't go to the donut shop, right? Now they'll beat you with a baton, but that's a whole different thing. No, I'm kidding, right? Policeman, ha ha, very funny. Okay, right? But we have all these stereotypes, right? Like, go to the next picture. Who spent time in prison? Okay. You got Martha Stewart on the right. You got Snoop Dogg on the left. Right. Who spent more time in prison? Martha Stewart. But we have all these things, all these things. When we look at someone, we, 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 we have these categories. Listen, it's normal. Hear me out. It is normal to have stereotypes. And as a matter of fact, you can't get around it because of your past, because of maybe how you've raised, where you were raised, what's been going on. You, you make certain, uh, you have certain things that come to mind when you see certain people. You can't get, we can't help. It's, the way our brains work is we categorize. It, it lets us get through information very quickly. I'll, I'll give you an example. If I'm here as pastor and I say, I view all people that say, I don't make any judgments on anything anybody ever I am, a, I am as pure as the driven snow and you guys are all nodding i get it uh is this nodding? no okay and i see somebody in their late 90s i go and someone says hey they're in the olympics i go no they're not What have I just done? I've made a judgment. Why? Because I know as you get older, what I've seen, what I've experienced, what I'm experiencing now, as you get older, you can't do the same things that you used to be able to do. My brain has to be able to quickly look at somebody and make that judgment, right? Or else I can't like hand, like someone who's 98 and I'm pulling out a box. I'm like, here, hold this, right? I, I make that judgment. We can't help it. We can't help making those judgments. It's the way our our brain works. But the Bible isn't so much concerned about that. The Bible isn't concerned so much with how we filter information. I mean, we're going to all kind of have our different things from where we grew up, whatever. But the Bible is very concerned with how you value people and how you make judgments on their worth. There's another picture of a gang here as you look at that picture and you start to um, kind of go through different, uh, I don't know if you can see it very well, but you go through different people who are up there, you might look and say that some people look more like, ga- that you'd believe they were gang members more than others, okay? So you'd look at that and you go, well, the guy who looks like Screech from Saved by the Bell on the right-hand side there, uh, he's, he's probably not... Uh, a gang a gang member but see all of us and it's uncomfortable we might go yeah but that other guy over there he does god speaks about this in the bible there's a uh, a movie that was out a while ago one of my favorite movies called uh, remember the titans and uh, it it covered a lot of these racial topics It covered how we judge people how we look at people and i wanted to show a clip uh, from that real quick Attitude reflects leadership, right? The captain presents the situation where nobody's getting along. He's not doing his job. People aren't doing their job. I love that attitude reflects leadership. Now, here's how it portrays to us in the church. We follow the greatest leader of all time, Jesus. He modeled it perfectly. He, he, he has explained it Clearly. So, if we have a problem with our attitude, is it the leader's deal? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's the fact that we're not following Jesus. Now, James was the brother of Jesus, and he has something to say on this attitude of how we look at each other. The things we say, the things we think in our minds based on ethnicity or based on social status. And he talks about it in James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 1. And this is the key verse, okay? It says this. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. See, that is the... If you're following Jesus, if you're a believer in Jesus, if Jesus is supplying all your needs, if God came down as a man in the flesh to lead us, to show us what it's like to live... As believers in that glorious Jesus, don't show favoritism. And then he goes into an example of what that is. Here's what he says. He says, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. Now, let me explain to you why he's using this example. As we talked about earlier, James was written to what james calls the 12 tribes scattered these are jewish christians who came under persecution and took off and when they took off they didn't take their house and everything with them they have nothing they've left everything they've scattered okay you've seen it on television when you see refugees leaving a country where there's persecution they don't they're not in an rv okay going down the road they got nothing and so James is hitting them exactly where their thing might be. Our thing might be different. Our thing might be how we look at somebody with their sexual preference or, or immigration. We might have some, James might have been saying something different to us. James might be talking to us about ethnicity or education or something like that. But here, that's not what he's doing here. He says, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. Let me show you a picture. You got two, two guys coming in. You got the guy on the left. You are allowed to discriminate against that guy on the left. No, uh, right? And you got the guy on the right. Obviously, poor, humble, has nothing. These are the two guys that walk into your church. Okay? Now, it doesn't have to be them. Like I said, it it could be it could be an educated person and an uneducated person. It could be an Asian and a Hispanic, white, African American, Hispanic, African American, don't matter. Two people walk into your church and all of a sudden you're faced with a decision. Two neighbors move into your neighborhood and you're faced with a decision. Two students come into your class You're faced with a decision. Your locker is in the middle. You got one above, one below. There's two people. Maybe it's male and female. Maybe it's a gender thing. Maybe it's young and old. It doesn't matter. This is the topic James is talking about, and and, and with with view of our glorious Lord, with what Jesus has done for us. Don't show favoritism. Watch so. He says, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing gold and fine clothes, poor man, shabby clothes, and you show special attention. You you can underline that in your Bible if you want. You show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, stand there or you can sit by my feet. I want to give you just a little bit of history of our our, uh, denomination. We're a free Methodist church, okay? And so, uh, basically what happened in the early 1800s, nobody was speaking out against slavery, right? The Methodist church had, had their sanctuary divided up by race. Further what they were doing, because they were lacking money, they would have the rich white people rent out the pews for their family. So you'd get a monthly bill or however they did in the 1800s. I don't know. It wasn't like by debit card or anything, but they'd somehow billed you. And you would pay money and your rich white family would sit in front. And the poor, someone of a different ethnicity, would stand in the back. Now we, I mean, praise God we're moving away from that right but but this this was the situation and so this guy bt roberts uh who was kind of the founder of our denomination and every time we see bt roberts we have to go you know, I'm, I'm kidding we don't he he said is anyone reading the bible I, hello like really are we treating African Americans different than white people, I mean slavery, so he started just this movement of of trying to get the slaves independent and then he and, and then um, there were other other frees trying to get free pews. You get there on time, you get the seat you want, okay uh, He had freedom of expression. It, it used to be in the Methodist Church that when you had worship, somebody would sing or play an instrument or whatever. Um, this was like one of those uh, uh, you know, anyway um, and, and you'd just sit there and watch. And when it got done, but B.T. Roberts was going, guys, we, gotta, we have to be freedom in our worship. We can raise our hands, clap, all this. But there was freedom of the gifts. The Methodist church started just saying there's only a few more gifts left. And B.T. Roberts was saying, no, all the gifts are in it, prophecy, tongues, all these types of things. And so this was the movement. And so when B.T. Roberts read this, he was like, come on. Right? Now we've moved A fair way. We got a lot farther to go. But pick your topic now. See, as humans, we can't help but categorize and label. There's nothing we can do about that. That's the way our brains are created to filter information. But as believers in Jesus Christ, there's absolutely we do something we can do about value. And how we value people. He says if you pay special attention. To the man wearing the fine clothes. And say here's a good seat for you. But say to the poor man. You stand over here. Or sit by my feet. Here's what he says. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves. And become judges. With evil thoughts. See. The tragedy of it is that attitude reflects leadership. And we are supposed to be led by Jesus. Jesus broke through all sorts of barriers between Samaritans and Jews, men and women, poor and rich. Jesus was all about the kingdom of God. When Jesus saw people, he felt compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He didn't say he just felt compassion for the Jews or compassion for the poor. He looked out over the crowds. And there were all sorts of people there. And he felt compassion for them. Like sheep. Because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. James calls those thoughts evil. That is strong. When, when you make a value, I'll tell you what I, I did one time. Uh, we lived in Lakewood, and I went to a very multi-ethnic church. Uh, we loved our last church. Not as much as I love this church, but we loved our last church. Uh, it, it was uh, extremely multi-ethnic, and the neighborhood we lived in was multi-ethnic. And, everything was multi- and this guy moved in across the street, this white guy, because uh, I'm allowed to judge white people. And um, <laughs> I'm telling you, the guy looked like a skinhead. Like he looked all, all, he was, he was frightening. He had tattoos and stuff and, you know, and I, you know, I'm kind of scared, you know, I'm like a, I'm kind of a sissy and, um, and, and he had a beard and you could tell like he was all like tough and everything. And, and so, you know, and I, I do like one of these, like, you know, is he out mowing his lawn and he had big arms and stuff and a loud car and all that. And one, and one day the Lord just flat out told me, what is your problem? Go talk to him. And so I went across the street, and I'm like, hey, Thunder. Uh, my name's, my, hi. You know, um, you know. I tried not to startle him. You know, like I could see me coming from a long way. He was the sweetest. Guy. They, their whole, we became such great friends. Our kids would spend the night at each other's house. I mean, just the sweetest guy you'll ever meet. What was I doing? I wasn't just filtering. I was placing value on that man. I knew I could tell there was something wrong with him. That is evil, God says. James says that those are evil thoughts. To think that someone's going to, uh, someone because of the way they look or who they are, where, where, how they present themselves, that, that they're going to end up affecting your life. And you follow Jesus? You don't think Jesus could? What if he was a skinhead? You don't think Jesus could take care of him? Heck yeah, Jesus could take care of him. And the reverse is true. A rich man comes walking in and we think, oh, goody. You don't think Jesus could take care of that? He doesn't need a rich person. Another thing I do, because I just got to get this off my chest. If I'm on the freeway and someone's in a Porsche and they want to get over, I, I don't let them in. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. And, and you know what? This happened to me just a couple days ago. While I was reading this, I, like, I've been working all week on this. And like, he, 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 here he comes. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. You know, you know, and, and then the worst part of it is that he's in a Porsche, right? So he's like, oh, yes, I do. You know, and they're like, you know, you know, and he's just like, yeah, and then we're in California. So it's like, you know, and there you go. And I'm like, ah, you know, whatever, right? I don't know that guy. That could have been the mechanic taking it out for a test drive. I don't, how do I know? Right? It could have been someone going, "I'm going to drive my Porsche to the homeless shelter and I'm going to donate it." You know, I need to get there right away. I don't. How am I supposed to know who he is or she is? What? What, what did I do? It wasn't that I just filtered. It said, "I said they're not worth allowing in front of me." Actually, nobody is. But that's a whole different problem I have. <laughs> okay, right. I'm making a vow. I am valuating how important they are. Now watch what happens. Because James is like, yes, you are. Listen. He says, listen, my brothers. James is so cool because he talks to us like a church. Fifteen times he uses this word brothers, brethren. Hey, my peeps. I mean, whatever, whatever the thing is, whatever you do as a kind of your tribe. Okay. I I would say like living spring come on like you know so he says listen my dear brothers has god not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith now listen and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him james is saying isn't it about the kingdom guys I mean, are we really going to look at what someone is, what their race is, how much money they make, how educated they are? Is that the value we're going to use? Because God doesn't use that value at all. God is not even interested in that. As a matter of fact, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care if you got a PhD or you've never graduated from high school. He doesn't care. God cares about the kingdom. God cares about your heart. And so as we begin this filtering process, it's just natural. Our faith is being tested at that time. God says, are you going to look past that? Okay, you filter. Okay, every morning you got beat up by your sister and now you've got this thing about women. Okay, got it. That's your filtering system. Is that what you're going to use for the kingdom of God? This is what James is saying. He says, listen, my dear brothers, has God, God not chosen, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom of God? He promised those who love him. Listen, if it's about the kingdom, don't we do a disservice to the rich guy by falling into the trap? See, it's not just that it's not just between rich and poor. If I have a problem, it's probably against rich people. Like that, that's, if, I had, if I had to read it this way, I'd be like, yeah, I never give the rich person the seed. I don't even like rich people. And James is like, dude, are you an idiot? You know, it's like, what is going on? That's the, that's the point. And, and so what happens is when you buy into the system that the world is buying into, you do yourself and that person a discredit. Here's how it's supposed to happen. The rich guy walks in with a gold ring. I mean, now it'd be look, it would look different, right? It's not a gold ring in, in fine clothes. It, it would look something different. And he walks in and here's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to love that guy unconditionally. And as he begins to flaunt his money and as he begins to try and uh, uh, posture and maybe get on a board. So because he's used to be on the board, we tell him, hey, dude, God wants to free you from that. God, you know, when you find out his story and maybe his whole life, he's been beaten down. He's been told by his family, you're not going to become anything. You're not going to become anything. You're a nobody. Maybe he's picked on his whole life. And all of a sudden, he comes up with an idea for a business and now he's got bank. And he's going, ta-da, look at me. And we come in as the body of Christ and go, dude, you know what? When they were telling you you weren't somebody, you were. Long before you made money. Your money doesn't have anything to do with anything. God loves you. Begin to instruct that rich person. Listen, you're, you've got a big responsibility now. And James talks about the rich in very strong terms. But you have a big responsibility now. Let us help you. We don't, we don't want to be about money either. Let, let, let's like not make that one of our things. That's what it's supposed to look like. And and you see it all over where we're buying into the system. You know where you'll see it? It's really trippy. Um, If you have kids and you've been on the soccer field or baseball diamond or peewee football or whatever, there'll be these kids that are like super athletes. They're, They're really great athletes. And you'll watch parents trip over themselves to go like talk to the kid. You'll see it in high school. Like this kid, will be, like you, 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 all the coaches right now, I can see them right now. They're going, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I know. It's like, it's like there's this weird thing. You make a mortgage payment. He watches SpongeBob, but it's like you're like, oh, man, hey, hey, great arm, buddy. You had a great game. Because it's weird because we're buying into the system that if you're a good athlete, you're more valuable than the other people on the field. You actually are worth more. If, if you drive a nice car, you are a better person. If you're thinner, you're better. We've bought it. And Jesus, our leader, says, what are you doing? That is not the way we look at people. As a matter of fact, God even chastised a prophet for this. What, what happened was... Um, The nation of Israel was supposed to be led by God. It was supposed to be a theocracy. God God set it all up, had his statutes, had everything going the way that it was going, and they were supposed to do it, and they would be blessed, and everyone would look and go, how do you guys do that? And they say, our God provides for us, our God, right? But they were looking around at the world going, everybody's got a king. We don't have a king. We want a king. We'll still do the God thing, but we want a king. Because if we don't have a king, they're going to see us. See, we don't have a king and they're going to attack us. Right? I mean, fill in the racial or political thing there for us today. If we don't, they're going to. Oh, if we don't. Oh, man, then then we're going to lose our, our, you know, uh, income status. And, whoa, and God's going to. Am I not here? am i not your king so he says i'm your king if you do this it's gonna go bad for you we want a king it's gonna go bad for you we want a king i'm telling you it's gonna go bad for you we want a king fine here's your king it's saul right so saul comes in and guess what it goes bad for them and saul starts freaking out and they got to find a new king and so God puts it on Samuel to go, go anoint this new king. And so here's what happens. Samuel, it's in, uh, it's not behind us, but it's in Samuel chapter, first uh, Samuel chapter 16. So Samuel shows up at this guy's Jesse's house, which is who we named our son after because he had just killer kids. Uh, anyway, um, when they entered, he looked at Eliab. Uh, so Samuel comes in and there's Eliab. And Samuel's like, oh, heck yeah, that's, that's the guy, right? Haven't we ever done that? But you know, we do it spiritually. D- don't we do it spiritually? Like somebody comes in, they know the Bible, they know it, and you're like going, whoa, yeah. Dude, this guy's like totally on it. I mean, the fact that he's, his life's a mess, we don't care about that, the guy can teach, you right? So he says, Eliab, and thought, surely, the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, hey, dummy, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. And then God says this amazing thing that I think sheds light on the whole topic, right? He says this, for God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There are two things I get from this verse. One, I'm always going to struggle with this. Because I, the way I'm, met, I'm in the flesh, I can't help but look at you in the flesh. I can't help it. I don't see as God sees. And there's another thing I learned from this verse. That God's more concerned about the heart than he is Anything else? And so we we get into this thing of like, well, how do we look past and go to the heart, right? How how do we, is there any clue? Like, how do I not look at that person that way? How how do I look when I drive into a, a place and there's day laborers there? How do I throw the immigration thing out and see them as people? You know, when I see someone dress a certain way, and, and and how do I look past all that? How do I do it? Because it's hard. It's my flesh. This is how I'm set up because of my past or whatever. Check this out. He says in verse. Uh, so. He says, uh, look at the heart. And he ended up going with uh, Abinadab. No. Uh, Shammah, which is uh, another son. Uh, no. Which is where Michael Jackson gets his thing. Shammah is from the Bible there. Um, so, you know, so bad. I didn't say that first service. Um, and it's probably just as well. Okay. Here's what he says. Uh, J- going back to James. He, he anoints David. Okay. And he says, that dude's heart is exactly what I want. Now let's go back to James chapter 2, verse 6. But you've insulted the poor. Is it not the rich that are exploiting you? Aren't they the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him who you belong? Like, why are you buying into that system? And you say, I can't help it. How do I not do that? Well, Jesus, our leader, can affect that attitude if we choose to follow him in this area of our life. Jesus was having the same problem. He was having a leadership problem. Okay? Jesus was a leadership developer, and he's pouring into these 12 guys who are supposed to take the church into the future. And they're morons. And so he's trying to figure out how he can deal with all these different things. And one of the things that came up at the time was they started posturing over who was the most important. Who was the one? Again, they're looking with the the, the eyes of flesh, going, well, I wonder who's going to be sitting on Jesus's right hand. I wonder, you know, the last time I I just praise God, this never happens in the church nowadays, but uh, it happened back then. Jesus says this. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. And then Jesus makes this radical statement. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. How do we get past just what we see? We try to have the heart of Jesus. We try to say, God, what, what, what part of your kingdom does this person belong in? Why do I feel why do I feel this way? It happens all over the place. It happens in the workplace. You know, people get together and they got to put this person down because if they don't, that guy might take the resources out of your department and your department needs those resources and you guys are overworked already and blah 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 and God's going stop, 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 stop. That dude's going through a divorce. Okay, let's stop talking about resources and departments and let's find out what's going on with that guy. Find out their story. The rich guy, find out his story. What's going on? Why does he need to drive a car like that? Find out. The poor guy, find out his story. The Asian, Hispanic, white, uh, upper middle class, lower class, PhD. What's the story? How is the kingdom of God being manifest and how can it be better manifested in their lives we can't buy into the system we can't i mean uh, listen even though it's so funny when you watch tv all this stuff is that we're all equal everything's the same and yet every ad is like yeah we're equal but if you drive this car you're totally better like, yes, we don't judge and, you know, all this, you know, all this diversity and all this kind of stuff. But if you drive a Prius, that'll show them, right? Well, whatever. I mean, pick, pick the thing. If you wear that, if you buy that, if you drink that, if you do this, if you act this certain way, you are better than them. And God says, God's been addressing this issue for centuries, long before it became politically correct. We cannot value people based on their outward appearance no matter what it is the church is to rise above it watch what he says he says if you really keep the royal law found in scripture love your neighbor as yourself you are doing right but if you show favoritism you sin and are convicted by the law's as lawbreakers." man that's strong If I have a neighbor that moves in and by the way they move in with the car or how the stuff that gets offloaded from the truck into their house, if I start making judgments as to what I think my life's going to be like now that they're there, that is sin. If I show up at school and there are people acting a certain way that I've put in a certain class or I think a certain way and I say, oh boy, that's going to be trouble, that is sin. If I have a teacher that's acting a certain way or doing something and I go, oh, it's sin. God values all those people. Now, let me just stop here for a second because this uh, I made this point first service and it it spilled over into another conversation. uh, Is that there are positions in church that need to be filled by certain types of people. It goes back to my original statement. We don't just put anybody anywhere because, well, we're who are we to judge? There are parts of Scripture as a family, as followers of Jesus that says, look, if a person's acting this way, they cannot do this. You know, if a person is this way, there's a verse in 1 Timothy that says this, you warn a divisive person once, you warn them again, then you have nothing to do with them. And you're like, wow, really? Because that's, James I thought it's like no there are there are things if you look at the qualifications of a leader there's like 14 things you're supposed to check off before you put them in a place of leadership that you're supposed to say hey how, how, how is their family life are they addicted to anything how do they treat the poor all these different kinds of things where you just go yeah you gotta make these judgment calls for position but does this is the key does position equal value now Am I more valuable than you because I'm the pastor? No. Is Alex, well, Alex might be a little more valuable, but that's not the point, okay? Right? No. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Position. And here's your point for this morning, okay? There's three blanks there. Person, not position, is what determines recognition. We recognize people not because of their position. We recognize people because they're people. Because they're created in God's image. Because we don't buy into the system that whatever position you hold, you deserve higher honor or higher uh, 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 value. Person. Who they are. Find out their story. That's, why you, that's how you recognize people. for wh- How God's created them. Not position. It doesn't matter. Now, Do we place certain people in certain positions? Absolutely. Somebody was asking me today, what do I need to do to work in the youth, you know, or in children's ministry? You can work in those things. We're doing a background check on you. (laughs) And we're looking, well, we're not, we're looking for things that don't show up. (laughs) And if they do, we're very sorry. Do we value you any less? Absolutely not. But position and person are not the same thing. Where we run into trouble in the church is when we don't believe that. And we think, I need to do my thing. I, you know, I have this. I this was mine. I, 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 I. If I don't have this, all my identity was wrapped up in X. And we said, man, this doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's about the kingdom of God. Let me give you one last verse before we turn it over to Alex. Check this out. It's found. I think the person who put verses in the Bible made some mistakes. Okay, that's not heresy. Verses came long after everything. This is one of them. This verse, we started in James chapter 2. This verse should have started James chapter 2. Maybe it was a late night for the guy. I don't know. I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to devalue him just because he got his verses wrong. But here's what it says This is the verse right before it says, My brothers, as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Check this out. It says this Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world here's essentially what it's saying you want to you want to test your heart work for people serve people who can't give you anything in return and don't worry about what you lost because of it don't think oh now i'm out of less money now i'm out less time well they didn't do anything i i worked my whole month for this person they didn't even say thank you work for those that have no ability to pay you back and don't sweat the fact that you're not going to be paid back That's the religion that God says, yeah, that's it. That's the church God says, oh, I can use them. They care about the poor. They care about people that aren't going to pay them back. They're not just waiting for the guy, the rich guy to show up and to do that. They're about the kingdom of God. And this week, you're going to be tested in it. Tomorrow, on the way home, you're going to begin. God's going to begin to show you this week. Hey, why did you think that about that person? Well, because my whole past, this is what happens every day. Okay, let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. Now, as we've been talking, God may have been putting somebody on your heart. God may be, have been putting an entire race on your heart that you've had a problem with. And God may have been putting something about the educated. You just don't like educated people. They're too arrogant or whatever. And God wants to break you from that. God wants a church where we're looking at each other with kingdom eyeballs. Going, you know what? They're valuable. They're valuable no matter what.